Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. that song, guys. The longer the wave, stronger the pain. Come on. That's actually going to resonate tonight. We'll probably come back up and finish with that song. Melissa, you are an exceptional worship leader. You really are. I want you to know that your word that you gave, you know, sometimes it takes that courage. Like, I think I hear the Holy Spirit. I want it. You summarize a lot of what I'm going to preach tonight. And I was just reminded that God has showed, you've gotten this word many times in our church from many different ministers who don't know you, but there's a prophetic edge to you. And God's raising up your voice in this valley, and there'll be a prophetic in your worship. And it will literally split. What I saw God show me is that as you continue to step out and trust the Lord in the worship leading, in that moment, that he's gonna begin to show you what he wants to do in the room before any word is released, before any preach is released, and that the battle, uh, favorite worship leader story in the whole Bible is when the king sent the worship team out first in the middle of battle. But that's that anointing on you, you carry that. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, don't, don't fear to release because what you're doing is you're sending out the first wave of attack. You're breaking down the stronghold of the enemy so that the word gets released. So God, we just thank you for Melissa. We thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. We thank you, Lord, that the enemy it gets confused around her. The enemy gets confused around her. I see God bringing clarity, Melissa, into the next step. There's been some questioning around what is, God, what, what's the next thing? Where, do, where, where, I'm stepping, I'm fully in adulthood. Like, what do I do now? And God says, be patient and wait on the Lord because what I'm gonna show you is handpicked and tailored for you. And you don't gotta make it happen in your own strength. Obviously, we encourage people, you know, be aggressive, be a moving ship. God steers a moving ship. But I feel God says particularly, wait upon the Lord right now. He's setting things up in the back end here. Continue to pray. Continue to get a vision for what your heart is beginning to dream on. But you don't have to manipulate it. You don't have to, to make it happen in your own strength. There'll be a grace there. So, God, we just pray for the eyes of grace to see where the grace exists and you're going to walk on that path and it's going to seem too easy you're going to feel like ah this might not be the right choice God because this seems like everything's lining up so perfectly but you're going to see God's grace in it in Jesus name amen amen we're going to prophesy a little bit tonight if I was honest I feel like I've pulled back a little and I felt like God just said don't do that 
Don't do that. Here's what I want to tell you, though. When you're in a church and somebody's getting a word and you go, oh, man, oh, that's like perfect for me. You have to understand that God's no prefer of man. If the word, if the word is being released, you can just, you know, sneak and just be like, got it. That's fine. Dibs. Dibs. Like if I'm giving a word for someone on a promotion or a raise, you'd be like, yeah, sign me up, Lord. I'm into that. Um, but I just want to, uh, real quick, there's a cool couple back. I think you're a couple. I'm not sure, but beanie and white shirt. Yes. Um, during the prayer time, I was walking around and just put my hand on you real quick, prayed for you. But I felt God say to tell them that I'm still the God that shuts the mouths of the lion. There's a story in the Bible in the book of Daniel where Daniel won't bow his knee to what he knows he shouldn't bow his knee to. And, and he gets in trouble for it. He gets thrown in the lion's den. And then and he, he goes in there and he tells the king, because the king kind of got hoodwinked and he was the one who put him in there. And yet at the same time, he, does, he likes Daniel. He said, don't worry, king. My God can shut the lion's mouth. And what I felt God say, I don't know what in specific, but that area where it just feels immense pressure, immense attack. And if you just bowed a knee, you could get pulled. You'd be out of this situation, whatever that is, that God wants you to know that I can still shut the mouth of a lion, that I am bigger than that situation. I am bigger than the intimidation. So God, we just declare intimidation stops and your goodness shines through. May they be a walking testimony of the miracles of God. And we shut the lion's mouth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right on, right on. Where's uh, Caden? I see you. You're always wearing prophecy beanies, bro. Baby blue, bright red. No, that's not why. I walked in staff meeting today. And God's really showed me one way. People are like, oh, how do you know when somebody's got it? How do you know when, when it's there? There's, there's a few things I really look at. I won't share them all so you guys know the secret, but, but one of them that's really big is thereness. Thereness says a ton. It says a lot about hunger. And I walk in and we're in a lull between awake and you, so it's less people required to be there. And I got staff people here. And then I look and I see you. You don't have to be here, but you're here. You know who else did that? It was Joseph. Joseph, it says that when Moses would leave the, the Holy of Holies, when he'd leave the temple and he would have the glow of the Lord on him. Joseph knew it wasn't his time or season to go barging in there like Moses. He didn't even know if he was gonna do what Moses did, but, but he was so hungry to see God move that it says he would linger at the entrance. And God looked at a million people, a nation coming out of slavery, and of everyone he picked, he picked the lingerer. Never feel bad that you wanna linger in the presence of God. God has a call, I, I don't say this very often, but there's a call for ministry on your life. We're all called to be ministers of the gospel reconciliation, but to preach, to teach, to release the word, to impart faith, to be, as Dr. Brian said, a hope sharer for a generation. God has put you aside. You're gonna be a voice for a generation in this valley, in this valley. What do, what do you do with that? Where, what do I do? God, what am I supposed to do with that? Here's what you do. Keep lingering in his presence. He's preparing you for such a time as this. And I literally saw 
an altar call filled with hundreds, hundreds of young people. God has big plans for you and you, you don't have to, you, what I would say to you is don't change what you're doing right now. You're faithful, but you're there. You're there, watch what he's gonna do. God, we thank you for Caden. We thank you for the call of God in his life. We thank you, Lord, that there is ministry here in this valley in Awaken, Lord, that he's a, a next generation, a next generation, Lord. Lord, I believe you wanna create a sustained move of God that goes beyond one generation. And I thank you, Lord, that he's gonna carry that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, come on, it's a good day. Uh, Kurt and Erica Hatch, I love the Hatches. I know Kurt, you said you were trying to avoid me, but I'm pulling you out now. Can't hide behind it. He always sits right behind Anthony. Hold hands, you two. Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance God looks at the heart. Guys aren't hard to look at at all. You're enjoyable to look at. You're fun. But I felt God just say, I'm measuring the heart. And your heart for people, both of you, your heart for people is what God is so in love with. And get ready. The greatest days are ahead. Kurt, God gave you a superpower and he plans to use it for the kingdom. It's not just gonna be for your business or your network or helping people in the marketplace. God's gonna take that superpower and he's gonna use it in the kingdom. Your, your ability to have zero walls and not people don't have barriers with you and you're not afraid to go right in there with them, that's something God looks for because you don't carry the fear of man. And God can use that in a mighty way. So get ready. I just feel over the next 12 months, the most radical impartation, transformation, and I actually feel like the Holy Spirit's showing me that he's gonna to begin to speak to you guys in some crazy dreams. I'm not just talking dreams like you'll dream bigger, but I'm also talking about like you will literally have dreams about people in your group, about people in the ministry, about the church, and God's gonna be showing you that because he can trust that you're not afraid to go talk to people and tell them that. So you guys are just a bridge, and I see a, a new a new group of, a new like network of people that has not been in church, that God's gonna use you two to infiltrate. And they're first gonna come into your home and be like, man, we just like the vibe. They're gonna talk, you know, all like non-Christian, like, man, the vibe's good, your energy's great. They're gonna feel that, what they'll call vibe and energy. They're gonna realize very quickly, wow, there's something way deeper here. And just watch, watch. I, I, I literally feel like this group, you're gonna see like just, hordes of people coming into the house of God and you're gonna go, yep, that's because God tailor made us to break into that group. So God, I thank you for the amazing hatches, Lord. I thank you for their heart. I thank you, Lord, that you plan to use that heart in a mighty way, in a mighty way. Yeah, the enemy had a big loss when he lost you two because you bring the party and people are attracted to parties and the party has shifted hosts. The party has shifted house. You guys are gonna throw Jesus parties that are gonna blow people's minds and tick off religious people. It's gonna be beautiful. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, real quick.
If you are a brand new, uh, awake, gonna go into Awaken You, you're a brand new Awaken You student, I want you to come forward. I wanna pray over you guys real quick. Come on. I love it, I love it. Look at all these peeps. The you. Let's go. Come on, get down there, Melissa. Noah, you're in there too, technically, right? I'll count. Just this, the altar goes up this way. Okay, it turns. <laughs> yeah, put a hand on Noah for him. All right. Look at this. Dang. Dang. Can I sneak my name on the list, Pastor Jenny? I want to be in this class of people. Look at this. Wow. Come on, turn your hands toward heaven real quick. Jesus said, don't pray for the harvest. The harvest is ready, pray for the workers. Pray for the people willing to pay a price. The kingdom's free, the vessel is priceless. The kingdom's free, the vessel is priceless. You can't put a number on the vessel. A worker in the kingdom carries the kingdom wherever they go. For each and every one of you guys, prophesying that this is the year of radical, completely different transformation. This is the year where Jacob becomes Israel. What I mean, God's gonna fundamentally go into your identity and, and set your identity the way he intended your identity. Listen, it is awesome when God heals tumors. It is awesome when God heals people from uh, disease. It is awesome when he heals people externally. I love that stuff, but I'm telling you, after being a pastor for a long time, coming from a family of counselors and therapists and just being around it, the greatest power, the greatest miracle is an identity of a person being transformed. That is, that is such a potent thing. God, I thank you for each and every person on this altar. Lord, I thank you that you're taking them in to a season of radical, radical transformation. All that's necessary, like Jacob, is to not tap out. Don't be intimidated or scared. Don't be fearful. Don't disqualify yourself. All that is necessary to have God's way is to not tap out. So God, we pray for courage. We pray for strength. We pray for divine. Some of you, it was a radical step of faith. You're gonna need God to increase the income. Right now, in Jesus' name, I declare provision coming in before the first class. Provision coming in before the first class. Lord, I thank you that when history reads of the move of God that happened in Salt Lake City, standing here on this altar are the people, the vessels. God, the harvest is ready. And I thank you that we'll be able to say the workers are here. The workers are here. God, we break down the lies of the enemy off of these people. We break down and we destroy the intimidation of the enemy. We thank you for the God calling being released on each and every one of these people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. I am so excited for Awaken You. Look at this group. Look at this group.
Come on. I love you guys. We might pray a little more. Um, Noah, all right, this is the last word. You guys can take a seat. This is the last word, and then I'm going to share, and then I'm going to give more words. Um, but Noah uh, felt God say to me that Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. One of the, one of the devil's off-ramps he'll bring in young men's life is at the point of adulthood. Not like just when you turn 18, because we all say you're an adult, but it kind of gradually unfolds, right? It's when you start thinking career, family, all the things that adulthood brings, that so many people at that moment will jettison the call of God on their life because they think they've got to make that happen in their own strength. And, and I know this because God really showed me at that fire pit in our conversation that he was whispering to you as a young man that you are set apart and called. He's whispered that to you since you were a young man. Things he was telling you when you were 14 and 15 and 16, just because you were not technically an adult doesn't mean they weren't God. In fact, most of the time, the Bible says that become like a child in the kingdom. Most of the time we hear more clearly when we're thinking like a child. But now we have to flesh out, okay, God, I felt these calls on my life, but I also have to pay the car payment, the rent, all the things. And I felt God just encourage you as, son, do not jettison the things I told you when you were young that you're gonna do for me. I have a way of marrying the two. I'm not saying go quit your job, quit your career. I'm not, I'm not saying bail on those things, but don't forget, seek first the kingdom. See, see everything you do and put your hands to as God, you're using this to move me towards that. But one of the things this year I think God wants to reactivate is the, the call to ministry on your life as well. So get ready and awaken you and don't be afraid, okay? Like, yeah, you gotta do all the adult things, but God wants those to be second on the list. Your priority will be your family. I'm not saying your family's second, Concerns. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta jock my way into this promotion. I gotta work my way into, you know, I gotta get next to the boss to get this, all that stuff, all the games people play. You don't gotta play those games. You're favored, you're blessed by God. And you know that as long as you answer his call, the doors will open for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Okay, worship team, take five. Literally, six actually. You got six minutes. We're going right into it. That's why I did this. I have one point because I knew I wanted to pray for people today. All right. Um, the title of this message, if it had a title, would be The Walk Through Jabbok. The Walk Through Jabbok. I mean, just the title gives it all away, right? You know exactly what I'm going to preach. <laughs> the Walk Through Jabbok. Okay. I want to start in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 36, and it says this, this is the people talking to Jesus, and begged him, Jesus, that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many people touched it, were made perfectly well. 
as many people touched it were made perfectly well. The thing I want to ingrain in, in, in us at the beginning is that when you touch Jesus, something happens. When we touch Jesus, when Jesus touches any area of your life, you will find that it can't, he can't help himself. He's the funeral wrecker. He's the disease destroyer. He can't help himself. There's a story in the Bible where he stumbles across a funeral. He's just walking. It wasn't planned or anything. He sees this funeral and he sees some mourning mothers. And, and Jesus, it's just, he can't help himself. He's like, I know I wasn't invited, but I'm gonna ruin this funeral. And he goes up and he prays for the little child and the child resurrects right there in the grave. He can't help himself because he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I came to give life and life abundantly. So listen, whatever Jesus touches gets healed. Whatever Jesus touches gets restored. Whatever Jesus touches gets made into his kingdom. That's why the start of being a Christian is belief. What you're doing is you are opening your heart, inviting him, we use this term in Christianity, inviting him into your heart it's actually that, why, why does that work? It's not so much all you did, it's just all you had to do was open the door so he could touch. Yeah. Once he touches your heart, it changes everything. I remember when I got saved, you know? I mean, it was so radical. I was, I was a, by all definitions of what Western civilization would call a good kid, I was a decently good kid. You know, I grew up in vacation Bible school, what? I knew how to sing. <laughs> You know, God told Noah to build him an arky arky. I knew all that stuff. I knew the Christian stuff, okay? I, I, I grew up, I wasn't allowed to trick or treat till I was like 11. I had to break my parents down, okay? Firstborns, you know the struggle. You know the struggle's real. Like, you look at your youngest siblings, you're like, man, you had it easy. I broke them in. I broke them for you, okay? My little brother was trick or treating at like six. Like, he had it good. I had to work hard to get into that. Uh, so I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm thankful for that, because the Bible says, raise up your child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they will not depart from it. I got to tell you that I didn't grow up in a perfect home, but I can tell you that each one of my siblings, including me for the most part, is serving and loving Jesus, okay? And, and so parent in here, if it doesn't look great, can I just tell you, there were moments my parents would have doubted if this was working, okay? With me, definitely my little sister, psycho, Okay? <laughs> If you listen to podcasts, I love you, sis, kind of. But you were, and you know it, and I told you. Um, <laughs> I was two years older than her in high school. Man, that poor girl, until I graduated, she was on such a short leash. I was her ride to high school. One time she came out, I was like, Haha, you're not going to school today. She's like, what? I'm like, I ain't taking you in that shirt. Go change. She was so mad. <laughs> but I'm a good brother. I, one time, she, was, she wanted to go on, she went on a date with a guy in my class, and I knew this guy, and, you know, I don't know where he's at today. I hope he's doing well, but at that time, he was not a good guy or a guy I was going to let date my sister. So I got three of my biggest friends, and we showed up to the movie theater and sat right behind them <laughs> the whole movie. True story. True story, all right? So all the siblings in here, if you're going hard on your siblings, they will thank you for it one day. My sister did after high school. Went to, away on like to YWAM for a year and a half, came back, and then all of a sudden she's like, all right, you're a good brother. But <laughs> till then, she didn't like me. Uh, when I, that had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Just be a Christian. Whatever Jesus touches, whatever Jesus touches,
gets healed. Okay? I want to lay that foundation because now I want to go to the Old Testament. And uh, I'm going to start in Genesis 31. And I'm going to read... I'm just going to start at verse 22, guys. I'm jumping a little ahead, but I feel like we'll just shorten it down. And this is uh, the story of Jacob. Now, let me set this up real quick before we start uh, getting into it. Jacob is at this pivotal moment in his life where it feels like everything is caving in on him. Okay, this is, this is like the, the probably if you were to, when you get to heaven, you get to talk to him and be like, hey, when was that? He will say, this night was the hardest night of my life. You see, Jacob was named from birth. He was given a identity. And Jacob means deceiver. It literally means that somebody who deceives. That would be like you coming up and be like, hey, well, nice to meet you. What's your name? Oh, my name's Liar. It's like that just, that you, you start out with a big wall to climb to win people. When you've got to introduce yourself as this, Okay. Here's the truth, though. Some of us, maybe our name isn't a thing, but if we were honest, we go into every new relationship, every situation with an identity that God didn't want us to have. Wow. We, we, we come into a room with rejection, and then all of a sudden we're like, well, I knew this would happen, but we've, we've already labeled it. There's, the Bible says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. When we already say, walking in a room, no one's gonna like me. No one's gonna like me in here. And then you walk in, guess what you're gonna see? Everyone that didn't say hi to you immediately, every person, no, you're not gonna see the five people who are like, oh my gosh, good to see you. Oh, good to give you a hug. No, you're gonna remember, oh, that person didn't say hi to me. See, I'm rejected. You see, there's power in the label we put on ourselves. So Jacob's grown up his whole life as a deceiver. And here's the thing it's funny how when we name something in ourselves or we have an identity, we'll begin to see it manifest. He was actually pretty good at deceiving. Yeah. And to get him to where he's at today, first, let's go back to his childhood. He, uh, from his birth, the reason he got the name is that when his twin brother came out first, he was holding his heel. Yeah. Always trying to pull himself up, always trying to, and that was the mark of his life. So when his brother, who was maybe not the smartest tool in the shed, but very strong and very... Uh, I'm just, I'm not knocking him if when I meet in heaven, I'll apologize, bro, but, but you just didn't make some of the best choices and you know it. Um, his brother, in a moment of being, he was out hunting, he was so hungry, starving, and his comes home and Jacob's cooking a nice stew. And uh, he goes, dude, I need to have some of that stew. And Jacob, being the manipulator that he was, said, okay, yeah, no problem, except for I need you to give me your birthright as the firstborn. Now, you gotta be real hungry. When you've been hearing about your grandpa who had a promise from God for the entire nation and then your, your, your dad who's like, yeah, grandpa almost killed me on an altar, but then God stopped it. Like this family's got a thing and we got a call. You gotta be real hungry to throw your whole call out for a stew or that's gotta be some really good stew, okay? I won't go there, but I will go there for a minute. Side note, gentlemen in the room. There, I don't know why my brain's going here, but I'm gonna go here. If you think 30 seconds of an affair is gonna be worth all the stuff, just don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not, I'm just, I, I, maybe someone need to hear that. Cut it off. 
cut it off. Cut off the flirting, cut off the thing, it's not worth it. I'm just saying there's no stew worth giving up your birthright. There's no, anyways, I'll drink to that. Don't do it, okay? Back to the point. Esau gives up his birthright for some stew. Boom, first manipulation. He has a genuine desire. Jacob wants to, to be in the family line, to be part of the thing that's happening, but he's doing it in ways that would not be, one, you wouldn't feel very good when you got the thing, right? Sure, Esau did that when he was hungry, but it's not like Jacob all of a sudden felt like, oh my goodness, I'm a firstborn now. Like you still wouldn't feel great about it. You know how you got that. Then, so Jacob deceives there. Then when it's time for uh, Isaac to give the fatherly blessing over the firstborn, he's gonna say, all right, I'm handing, I'm about to pass away. I'm gonna hand over the kingdom. He manipulates and dresses up in his brother's clothes and put some goat skin on his arms because he was a, not as hairy as his brother. And he, he manipulates his father into blessing him. His brother gets so mad because of the manipulation, he says, the second dad dies, I'm gonna kill you. So he flees. He goes to another country saying, I'm gonna go find a wife, but really he was getting out of there because he didn't wanna die. See, his, his lies had caught up to him here. So he goes to a whole nother country meets a cute girl, thinks, oh, finally, I'm away from that past, I'm with this cute girl, you know, I'll go to the dad, dad says, hey, you gotta work for me for a while, then I'll give, give her to you, so he does the work, but manipulation, make no doubt about it, what, what we're sowing somehow just finds a way to come back, so he gets manipulated by his uncle and gets given Leah, works another seven years, gets given Rachel and he's working for his uncle and his uncle's a manipulator funny things funny how things can often be generational listen God doesn't show you that things are generational in your family for you to be a victim or for you to blame the way you can guarantee you will never get breakthrough is you either be a victim or you blame sure we can all look at our parents and go mm, probably could have done that part a little better but if you probably look at their grandparents, you realize, okay, well, you did it a little better than this. Not always. Sometimes parents go downhill even more. But I'm just saying, if you sit there and you blame, oh, it's my mom's fault, it's my dad's fault. I'm not saying that, that they didn't mess up, but what I am saying is God can't work in that ecosystem. Blame can't have transformation for you because you're, you're pushing all the responsibility somewhere else. So he eats a little of his own uh, medicine goes once he gets a little struggle what does he do he goes right back to what he knows how to do he starts to manipulate his uncle manipulates the how he's going to get the livestock gets wealthy but also causes a lot of contention in his family so now he's had to run from one family over here because of his dysfunction. He goes to a whole nother country, finds a, you know, finds a wife, finds this thing thinking, and maybe if I change my circumstance, my situation will change, but here's the one common denominator. J Jacob went both places. You're gonna find that if you run from your circumstances, you'll just recreate them somewhere else. Oh, maybe if I move out of Utah, I don't even like the snow, I'm going to Florida. Like Then life will be better and my jobs will be better, but but you're still gonna go to Florida. And so he, he gets so much trouble with his family, he's now running from his family and he's in the middle and here's where we read this story, where we're gonna pick up right here. 
Like I said, one point, so don't worry, we're almost done. Right here, it's like his whole life, all the pain, all the drama is imploding in on him. Because at this moment, his father-in-law is behind him, not happy with his deceit, and his brother is coming towards him with 450 men. Now he's, just side note, Esau actually wasn't coming to kill him. Esau had done some work. Hey, I'll give you props, bro. You did good, okay? He, he was ready to forgive. It, it might have helped that Jacob was sitting ahead a bunch of gifts, but either way, but he doesn't know this. So for him, it's like, man, everywhere I go, this thing keeps, keeps finding me. And he finds himself at, uh, so right here, we're gonna pick up and read. Verse 22, and he arose in the night and took his two wives his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. The ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook and sent them, sent over what he had. Then Jacob left alone and a man wrestled with him, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, Jacob, and the socket of his hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what's your name? What's your name? And he said, Jacob, deceiver, usurper. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. The Ford of uh, Jabbok, whenever the Bible puts names in, in there, just so you know, every word God has something attached to it. He's so intentional. Over the span of thousands of years, 66 different books, all interconnected, all divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit, connecting dots, pointing us to our Savior, pointing us to Jesus. So Jabbok, Ford just means a passage, by the way. If you got, it's a place in a stream where it was shallow enough that you could cross with your livestock. So Ford's the crossing, but Jabbok, means a pouring out, an emptying, a, rapid, a flowing rapidly, a pounding, a beating down, a pulverizing, a covering with dust, or wrestling. The name of the place literally was prophesying to what he was gonna do in that place. Now, mind you, his past and his future seem to all be collapsing on him over this one issue. And so he's kind of a desperate man at this point because it doesn't give us a lot of context, but I, always, I do want to go back and figure out like when we're in heaven, I hope we can watch highlight reels. I'm like, how did this fight break out? Was, you know, but have you ever been that stressed where you're like, I will fight anyone right now. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, that poor barista, that wasn't them. That was my kids and, you know, work and the five other things that were ticking me off and you just were the person who... You know what I mean? Every, we are, I'm the only one that's been there. Maybe you took out 
people are like, I don't think that was all about me, you know? So Jacob, whatever it is, I think it was the stress, just sees some guy at a stream that already is telling him it's gonna be tough. The name says, here's the stream of wrestling and crushing and pouring down. And so he gets in a fight. Somewhere along in this fight, Jacob seems to be convinced that I'm I'm not gonna tap. I'm not gonna tap. What maybe he did realize, maybe he didn't, but at some point he did realize. See, he began to wrestle with God. Can I tell you right now, we've been doing, why, 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 why this word is that, We've been talking about freedom and vision and all these things. January is such an epic month in our church. There are certain things in our world that God wants to touch, but he wants to wrestle with us in that. Listen, whatever Jesus touches, he, he fundamentally changes. Okay, but some things I see happen all the time. Sometimes people get get. You know, they come to Jesus and it's like, he'll just knock three or four big rocks right out of your life, like nothing, like gone. You know, addiction gone, this is gone, self-doubt gone. But I find that often when it comes to the call of God in our life, the moves of God in our life, that there's certain things that he will allow and ask us to come and wrestle with him and wrestle with him. Why the wrestle? There's a mystery to it, okay? I don't wanna be the pastor up here and be like, I know all the answers to everything God does. In fact, if I said that, I would be worried that I was preaching on a God that I made up because if I can answer every question about God, that doesn't mean, that would mean that he might not be bigger than me. So don't think you have to know everything in this walk. That's why there is a trust. It's not a blind faith. I got plenty of proof, okay? It would take way more faith at this point for me to be an atheist than it would to be a Christian. That's... That's not faith to believe that God's real. You know where I do find the wrestle though? God, are you really here for me right now? Are you really gonna heal me in this thing? This thing that I thought I was good, but just it rears its ugly head again and again. God, here comes that rejection again. God, you know, here comes that I've been believing that I'm gonna, you know, be financially successful. And, but here it comes again, here it comes again. See, Jacob was at a moment where it goes, here it comes again. My lies have once again caught up with me. And God meets him there and there's a wrestle. What I wanna encourage you guys is as you guys have done your vision your vision cards and say, God, I'm believing for this. As you signed up for Awaken You, you said, I'm believing this. As you're gonna get yourself in a connection, as you take step towards God, steps towards God. Here's the deal. If you read this story, Jacob was going home because God told him to go home. So he was having a level of obedience, but it's funny how in obedience, he's looking at his circumstance going, God, this was a bad idea. My father-in-law's ticked and my brother's coming to kill me. It's like his whole world, sometimes God will ask you to step into and he'll ask you to step into really what Jacob was going through is he's stepping into himself. He's stepping into having to look in the mirror and go, shoot, my whole life, has been deceiving to get what I want, deceiving to get what I, what I felt like was supposed to be mine. And not only have I been a deceiver, but I've been deceived. And here I am, once again, everything's gonna fall apart. 
that's the truth. If you don't let God do the work in the healing, if you're not willing to wrestle with God, then we find loopholes. But here's the thing, you'll get into this position that you know you manipulated yourself to be in, and then you will feel intense imposter syndrome. When God says, no, I want you to take the ford of Jabbok. I want you to take the wrestle with me. Don't take the out. You know, we've had people trying to get pregnant in our church that heard that we have miracle babies happen and they left our church because the miracle baby didn't come. They tapped out. It's less, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'd rather not go to a church that actually walks in the power to have miracles because if I don't get my miracle, I feel alone. But God wasn't gonna let this stand. God wasn't gonna let Jacob spend his whole life as Jacob, this is the good part of the message. Listen, as you go after the things of God, there will be times where you've got to wrestle for your breakthrough, but God's not doing that to be cruel. He's doing that to show you who you really are. He's doing that to identify your identity. Jacob before this was a liar and he had plenty of things to validate that name. But he fought with God all night. He wrestled with the Lord until there was no wrestle. And finally, the, it said, God looked at him and said, what do you want, man? And he doesn't actually know. That's the funny thing. He just, he says the generic, it's like when somebody comes up to the altar and they ask, I say, what do you need prayer for? Just blessings. I'm like, cool, I'll do that. But I was kind of hoping you would like know what, what we're asking God for. He likes specifics. And God looks at him, he says, no, no, no. We just wrestled all night. I know that what you really want is to not be the liar anymore. To not be the usipper. To not have to step into a room and be known as one thing. I'm gonna fundamentally change your identity. Your name will be Israel now marked as somebody who wrestled with God. And just in case people doubt it, I'm gonna leave that little limp. I'm gonna leave that gangster walk. I'm gonna leave that lean. Okay, I'm gonna leave that there. So people go, Jacob, you left in a hurry because you were in trouble. You came back, you have 11 sons, soon to be 12 sons, and you've got all these herds and you're so blessed, what happened? And he goes, this happened. And they're like, what? <laughs> so I wrestled, I wrestled with God. And now I'm known for something different. I wanna end with a story that illustrates this well. I've shared this, I think, with the men at Emerge, but I just wanna land the plane because it lands really well. When I was in high school, um, I played football. And if I was honest, I, had, I was always insecure because I was never the biggest guy but I wasn't the fastest guy. So they always had me in like defensive positions where I could kind of hit hard, but I never felt like I really knew my place. And I remember as a JV, they brought me up to varsity and there was this guy named Jeremy. Jeremy was 19, almost 20 in high school because he was in juvenile hall for two years. He was huge, huge. Had to be almost twice my size. He had a actual tattoo like I'm in high school, he had a jester clown with a gun tilted sideways that his hand would be down when he was gonna hit you. I'm a high schooler, 15. He is so big. And we go practice and they put me there. We're doing a hit drill where we have two one-on-one, hit each other hard as you can. Now, to be honest, when we do those drills, people usually don't hit as hard as they can because you're with your team. So you're going about 80%, right? 
But me, I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do here. So I'm gonna go prison rules. I'm gonna hit Jeremy as hard as I freaking can. I mean, I'm 110. I'm gonna leave my feet and just not even use my hands, my helmet. I'm gonna spear him like a fish, okay? So I do that, man. They say hike and I just, ah, blah, and you know, in my, in my eyes, I'm like, oh, I just floored him. He literally went like, Ugh. <laughs> but he knew I hit him as hard as I could. And he looked at me and said, oh, okay. That's how you wanna play? And he looks at the coach, he says, coach, let's do it again. And the coach, who by the way, is in my family now, he's related to Loren, but at that time we weren't related, goes, yeah, do it again. And I'm like, oh crap, all right, what do I do? This was supposed to earn me respect in one try. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna go as hard as I can. This time, Jeremy went as hard as he can. What do you think happened? I rose up, man of faith, knocked him on his butt. No, no, he picked me up and sumoed me on the ground so hard, I saw stars just slam me on the ground. And I'm like, oh, that really hurt. And then coach goes, do it again. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like, all right, well, at this point, I'm probably gonna die. Might as well go out a blaze of glory. That's literally what my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna die. My, at least I want him to say he tried to hit him as hard as he could. So we went again. And I mean, he killed me again. Hit me even harder. And coach goes, do it again. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, it might've been abusive, but whatever, it happened. We do it again. He kills me again. We hit each other 11 times. I know that. I was like looking at my fingers spinning. I'm like, I don't even have enough fingers to count how many times he has destroyed me. We hit each other 11 times. And I literally, the whole practice, I thought I had a concussion. I was pretty sure I did. I was, I was like dizzy. He killed me. And I go in the locker room and I fall down. I'm like, oh, <laughs> why did I hit him so hard? And Jeremy walks in and stands right above me. I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. This is where I die. He's not done. He's going back to juvie and I'm going to go to heaven. <laughs> and Jeremy looks at me and says, What's your name? I'm like, Tuggle. He goes, everybody, this guy's with me. If you mess with him, you mess with me. And he picks me up and says, I like you. And he punched me really hard. I was like, oh. <laughs> Can I tell you that even though I lost that fight, that fundamentally changed who I was. Like, honestly, at least in sports. Because I had so many guys come and be like, bro, you're crazy. What is wrong with you? Jeremy could have killed you. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if you're real. I have a concussion right now. <laughs> Listen, a wrestle with God, a fight stepping into the ring and saying, God, this seems bigger than me. This seems so hard. It's the thing I've struggled with my whole life. I've struggled with rejection my whole life. I've struggled with shame my whole life. I've struggled with this addiction since I was a teenager. I don't know if you can heal me. I've struggled with lust my whole life. I've struggled with porn my whole life. And you've got these visions and you feel disqualified and you feel not worthy. I promise you, Jacob, the thing that was torturing him is that he was blessed, but he knew all the blessings came from lies and he was always afraid because it came from misfortune. In fact, the Bible says earlier that when his whole flock crossed, he got humbled for a second. He said, God, I am a miserable person. How have I accumulated this wealth? And I believe it was actually that moment that God said, now we can wrestle because your heart's right. You came to a recognition. 
came to a recognition. Go read it. Right before this, he says, God, I don't know how I have this much stuff. I am a miserable person. Listen, the gateway into a wrestle with God where you get fundamentally changed is admitting this isn't me. This is you, Lord. I just felt God tonight wanted to do breakthrough in people's life. Listen, leave no stone unturned. I put some things on my vision board. I came up for prayer. But some of us have that thing that we really, honestly, we won't bring to God. We won't put out in the wrestling ring because it seems so much a part of us. We've just accepted it instead of realizing that as long as you're not willing, as long as you say, tonight I get changed or I die. That's, that, that was me in that practice. I mean, yeah, I probably wasn't at the risk of death, but in my head at 15, I was like, I'm either gonna keep hitting or I'm gonna die, but I have no other option. The same is true when it comes to a wrestle with God. Listen, if you, have, if you come from generational poverty and you have never seen success in, in your family line, if you come from divorce after divorce after divorce and you have never seen a healthy marriage, if you came from domestic abuse and you have never seen peace without, without you know, that rage that's ready to explode, those are the things that God wants you to wrestle with him because whatever he touches gets healed. Some of the things though, they require a wrestle. God can't just come up and say, I'm gonna make that person like you. God's saying, no, I gotta fundamentally touch every part of you. And I, got you to, I need you to get in here with me and say, God, I'm not tapping until I see the breakthrough. I'm not tapping until I don't need the pornography anymore. I'm not tapping until I don't need to self-medicate. I'm not tapping, Lord. I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna wrestle with you. I don't know why I haven't seen the breakthrough yet, but I'm sick and tired of being labeled and called something because of my past, because of how my family, because of how I grew up, because of the mistakes I've made. I'm sick of it. Stand to your feet. If I was honest with you, this is kind of like a meat and potato message. I believe every Christian has something and it has to do with our identity where we have to take that Ford of Jabbok where we wrestle with God where we allow him to break us down, allow him to fundamentally. Come on, some of you, you've been struggling. Feel, so one of the things that God wants to hear is uh, rejection. You know, you're fine, and one text message can send you in a spiral. You know, one text message without enough nice emojis, and you assume that they meant it, you read it in this tone, whatever, you know? And it could be like, whatever. But we, 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 we see it through the lens of rejection. I believe God wants to break rejection. And how do you do that? You say, God, I'm not gonna let go of you until I know, until I know. Come on, I wanna pray for, if you feel like you wrestle sometimes, it doesn't have to be every day, but if you still feel like you're wrestling with rejection, I feel like I wanna just pray over you. So do something brave, put your hand there. I wanna pray over you right now. Come on, lots of people, lots of people. God, we break the chains of rejection. We break the lies, the lies of the enemy that he's been ingraining in us since we were little kids, 
that we're not worthy, that we're not good enough, that people don't really like us, that we're a burden. God, in the name of Jesus, we break that off, Lord. Lord, we wrestle that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We wrestle with that right now, Lord. We wrestle with the fact, Lord, that you have good plans planned for us before we were even born, Lord. Lord, we believe that you didn't make a mistake, that you have plans for us, that you love us, and that you lead us. Lord, I break the power of rejection. I break the name spoken over your children. Come on, God wants to replace whatever the word is you used to reject yourself with beloved. 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 I pray that you prosper even as your soul prospers. Come on, next thing. If you come from a generational line of... uh, of dysfunctional marriage, like divorce, 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 okay? And, and, and there's a fear in your heart, whether you're married or not, don't worry if your spouse is here, okay? We're not saying you're signing papers or anything, but if you, have, if you live with that lingering fear, oh, I'm gonna end up in that same place, or maybe you're single and you're afraid that that's where your destination is, I wanna break that off right now. Come on, if you come from divorce and you wanna say, I am saying tonight that that ends with me. Maybe you've been through a divorce and you're saying, you know what, that's gonna end for me now. And they say, come on, put your hand there. Lord, we thank you. We break, we break the stronghold of divorce, Lord. Lord, we break that word. We break the generational curses, Lord. Lord, we declare that you are going to equip us to love well, to create an ecosystem where two people become one and they flourish. Lord, where marriages might be on the rock right now, in the name of Jesus, we break that. We break that in Jesus' name. Lord, equip us. Equip us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The last one I wanna pray for, and then we'll open up for the ministry time, but I felt corporately to pray for this, is... uh, you grew up like me in a, in a poverty mindset. Even if you have money, you live under that constant fear of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, any second now, everything's gonna get drained. You don't, you don't ever wanna take any risks. You're scared to invest. And there's always lack. Even when you're making good money, it's like, what is happening? My bank account just, pfft, doesn't matter how much I make, it feels like it just drains out. Listen, there's such thing as a poverty mindset. And I can tell you that one sticks pretty deep. That'll stick deep. You may have to wrestle with God to say, God, you said you would bless obedience and I'm, and I'm, I'm not perfect, of course not, but I'm walking with you and I've gotta actually believe, listen, you can sabotage God's blessing with the expectation and the, and the fear of being blessed. Okay, if you came from, like me, you came from just that mindset, and you wanna break that off today, believing, listen, it's not about, it's that God is good and he's a good father and he wants to bless, okay? I don't care what you drive. If you like nice cars, you can drive a nice car. God blesses you to be a blessing. Okay, as long as you got the be a blessing part right, then I say God should let him bless you more because more people will be blessed, amen, amen. That's a good thing. So if you grew up in, or you maybe didn't grow up, but you just feel like you're struggling there, put your hand there, I wanna pray for you, I wanna break that off. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your, bio, your word says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Your world says that when we are faithful to bring that tithe, that you open the windows of heaven above us. Your word says that anything we give in this life, we receive a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come, everlasting life. 
Lord, we break the lies of the enemy. We break the obedience with God comes with the blessing of God. Doesn't mean there's not hardship, doesn't mean there's not battles, but God, we break the lie that they will always have lack, that there's never gonna be enough. We break that lie off, Lord. We break the lie off that you can't be trusted financially, Lord. That although we have to give to you, we shouldn't expect anything back. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God says that he reward, looks for faith and faith is believing that he rewards those that seek him. So Lord, I break off poverty, Lord. And Lord, let us expect, Lord, that as we're diligent, as we trust you, as we're generous, Lord, that we have open keys, Lord, open keys to your provision and your blessing over our life. I declare that this is the year, Lord, of harvest, of harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.